Enter a world beyond imagination. Your gateway to excitement. Seek experiences beyond description. Prepare yourself. It's it's Dungeons and Dragons Adventures. Hi, and welcome back to the Dungeons & Dragons Adventures podcast. Uh, we're just getting started on a brand new adventure here, uh, trying something else out. Uh, I'm here with a uh, first-time player, a uh, long-time uh, Dungeons & Dragons and such enthusiast. Call me by my orc name. Uh, let me see your character sheet again. It's Rad, it's rad Cool Guy. It's okay. It's not really an orcish name. I mean, it's it's not a I, we'll, whatever it is in Orcish that means that I'm sure you know is fine. So so an Orc. No, that's his name is Red Cool Guy. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. That's you know that's that, that that's that's fine. There's a lot of different ways to build a character. Uh, so Red Cool Guy, uh, uh, is is Red Cool Guy an Orc? Yeah. Okay. So okay. So his Orc. Yeah, I gave him the biggest axe on the in in the manual. Okay, well, you know, I'm not sure you'd be able to afford that as a first. Well, you know, I'm sure we can we can work that in the story. Okay, so so we're we're starting fresh here. Uh, rad, cool guy, cool guy, rad, cool guy. Uh, uh, a a young orc venturing out in the world with uh, the axe that he inherited from his father yeah. on his father's deathbed. Uh, he's wandering, looking. Leroy, cool guy. His dad's Leroy, cool. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. So Le- the, the, the Radley, Rad- Radley, son of Leroy and his family acts, the, the acts of, of the cool guy clan. Mm. Uh, he has come to the city to begin see- seeking his fortune. Yeah. And you come to the first inn you see a tavern with a faded sign hanging out front that says the gilded horse. Uh, and you open the door, and as the you step in, called, the axe is called the blood drinker. Okay, grip, gripping, grippy blood drinker with the nervousness of a young orc. You you push your way into the tavern, into the gilded horse, and you're immediately struck by a melange of odors. There's there's cooking stew, uh, there's bread and butter, there's the sweat of many travelers and 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 villagers all mingling in the the dusky, smoky atmosphere. As I take off smoke. my sunglasses and I look around. You, you, you there there aren't sunglasses there. That's that's this is this is this is a fantasy. So, so you need to keep in mind this is you know this is. Olden days, olden days, you know, so so sunglasses aren't really a thing that people, most people basically didn't have glasses at all. So sunglasses are definitely out. Uh, but but I'll tell you what, you, you step in and you peer and, and the smoke and the fire, maybe it makes your eyes sort of squint a little bit. So so that's kind of the right spirit, like you're adjusting to the atmosphere and you you wander in um, as you as you look around nervously, you you sit down at an open table and a bartender uh, nods meaning. I hit him with my axe. No, no, you, this, he's, he's a bartender. You're, you're, I, you're in a tavern. It's, it, he's, he, he just wants to serve you. A, I a pull out my axe and I hit him with the axe. He's much bigger than you are. And you're surrounded by a bunch of people who don't, you know, they, they might be looking for a fight, but they aren't looking for unprovoked attempts to murder service persons. So I get like some kind of advantage cause they're not looking for it. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's an attack of opportunity because you took the initiative by catching them by surprise. But they, everyone will so get angry. So I have all these dice. Which one? Do, which one am I supposed to roll for this part? I, are you serious? You really want to? Okay, we can do this. Uh, this shortest adventure ever. Uh, grab the twenty sided die. You yeah, this you, one. Yes, yes. So, so yeah. you're gonna roll that. Okay. And the thing is. Unless you roll a 20, you're going to miss because this guy. It's, up, it's the 20 is up right now. Um, so that's the, the right. Like it's the. Yeah. So I got it. I got 20. Does that mean I do? I kill 20 guys. No, no. It, it means it means you success. It, it's a critical hit. It means you got extremely lucky and and you managed to actually land a blow with your axe against the bartender but he's he's very well trained so he gets to make a saving throw against the damage uh which uh, What's one. That, uh, one you hit the you hit the bartender you hit the bartender and your axe cuts deeply into his neck and he falls backwards with a scream your axe embedded in his bone and torn out of your hands in the process uh, in the meantime seven large city guardmen have all burst up from the tables where they're at and pulled their weapons and are now closing so in I, rapidly I, upon you i want to i want to i want to do like a dive roll and while i'm rolling i pull the I, axe out of his I, neck and know, then i and I, in the same smooth motion i swing it to cut off the heads of I, all of these guys i think i think i think maybe we should look at here's the thing there's a lot of them and you roll the 20 and that's that's great but it's also kind of bad because this isn't the fighting part of the adventure this is where we're trying to establish a tone and really get into the some story setting so what about right i'm establishing a tone for what my character how my character is gonna fucking deal with these i'm just i'm I'm just saying maybe maybe that bartender you recognized in the moment you saw him as the man who killed your father who killed Leroy cool guy and if you stop where you are now and no, throw I just, your hands I just up didn't, and say I just didn't to them, like City the Guardsmen, hear me now, I can explain and then you lay out the story of your, your story of family vengeance and the fact that this man was planning in fact to wreak havoc on this very town itself as well in the guise of a, a bartender you could probably talk them down and and actually gain the ear of the the local duke and 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 find no i just i just thought i could kick his ass <sighs> this so what so what i want to do is the dive roll so do i i just roll this again right yeah no no roll it yeah let's okay it's a 20 again what does that mean you do the dive roll. You manage to get out of the way narrowly of a sword crashing down where your neck used to be as the city guards close in on you in a circle. Uh, I, one of them gets a clean shot at you while you're recovering from your roll. Uh, so he... Ah, Jesus Christ. Um, so what, another one, it looks like. Yes, he he, he stumbles and... and uh, accidentally stabs another city guard. Uh, so they're down to five now, but the other five are all closing and they're enraged by the, the loss of life before them. Uh, so I need you to roll a, a save against death because one of them is also a, a wizard who's casting a strangulation spell on you. Strangulation. What does that mean? It means he's going to choke you to death with his mind. Um, okay. So go ahead and uh, give me a roll. 
Uh, okay. That D20. Same dice. Yeah. Okay. Hold on a second. It, it's, it's technically, it's just a die. It's, it's, it, it multiple is dice. So roll, roll, roll your die. Okay. Hold, let me roll my die. It's a 20 again. That means like it's, it's that means like I, get, I I hit him with my magic or something. Yes, you're okay. So, um no, you don't have any magic. You're you're an orc. Uh but he or like spell, hold a mirror and his magic bounces you know, back. You're and right. Strangles. You you totally succeed. You you save against death. You save so well. His spell is mentally deflected and accidentally hits the uh the cook. Uh, the cook begins choking, stumbles, knocks over the cauldron, which then sends the whole place up in flames, killing everyone, including you, in a screaming orgy of fire and death. And uh, the evil wizard who had been lurking in the back of the room, observing this all play out, leaps out the window, the sole survivor, and destroys a kingdom. Uh, and I need to go burn about 50 pages of backstory. So that's, that's I think, it for this episode. But I want to thank you so much this game uh, for rules. joining me. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really good time. And I'm, 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 I'm so happy you could join me um this podcast episode is a little bit shorter than usually um we usually aim for a couple of hours this was i think five minutes and it was a really well we can do uh, another one then. no no i think i think we're good i think we're probably good and uh i want to th- i just i want you to pass on my profound thanks to your brother for inviting you here without asking me first uh because i really don't regret that at all and uh this wasn't a terrible mess and and cool. that's that's what we call role playing. I'm role playing as someone who's not going to cast a strangulation spell uh, as soon as we're done here. So thanks for listening and uh, have have an adventuresome night. Crab shoot, crab shoot, crab shoot, crab shoot, crab shoot, crab shoot, crab shoot. Hello and welcome to the clap the. Cl- Keep it. No, don't. Don't you dare. Don't you dare delete. (laughs) Welcome to the clap boot. Yes. Uh, What was uh, the last words you said before you hit record? (laughs) Never going to delete. Never going to delete. So I'm going to hold you to that. This is certainly certainly not happening two minutes after we ended our previous episode. This is... I don't think you should be dishonest with our audience. Months later. I don't think you should be so... so, um, uh, Treat them with such... uh, disrespect yeah see because i'm gonna like say that. it's out of respect for them that i'm, I'm no, joking I, about it because i feel like I, I they jo- can pick up they they're they no victims of pose law they 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 can they know that we're still exactly. uh, entire six pack so, deep in this podcast so yes we, we just had more to talk about because it's been a couple of months right this and is the funny thing is the time between the last podcast recording and so what was that 2021 that was 22 so xoxo was 21 yeah. Okay. So the difference between 21 and 22 was like two months, two plus two and a half months. And the time between last episode and this episode is less than five minutes. Yes. Okay. So it averages out to about <laughs> right, once a sure. month, right? So, you know, absolutely. So we'll uh, see what the release schedule holds <laughs> because yeah. it could be the opposite. I, 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 um, I still haven't got that uh, Yandiel song done. Even since the last <laughs> podcast, I'm still, I'm still trying to still working on it. Maybe, um, maybe we can, Yandiel. Yandiel. Um, um, 
The hi, yes, okay. I am John Millard. I'm Jesse Holden, and we uh, it has either been five minutes or some amount of weeks or months. Yes. Since with, with this is our our intern guest hosts, uh, Toilet and Furnace. Yes, uh, as you'll and, recall uh, from the last episode. And yes, this is episode twenty three. And Jesse had some some stuff to talk about. Well, I don't know. It's it's um we, because we it's been so long. I don't I don't. This is probably boring because I'm just going to talk about bullshit from my life. But um, I enjoy hearing about bullshit from your uh, life. So let me. I'll, I'll just kind of do a, around the bases real quick. Do it. How does that sound? Okay. So um, just up my alley. It's uh, the beginning of November now. So October just finished. Yes. And October is my favorite month because. A, the, you know, I like the temperature and the fall and everything, but also Halloween's the best holiday, obviously. And, so uh, are you bummed that it's November? I am kind of, and it's, and it's because, um, <clears throat> we just got back, me and my partner Winnie just got back from a vacation and we got back right before Halloween. So we didn't have really any time to do any real Halloween planning stuff. So I sort of like felt shitty about like, well, I didn't really get a Halloween this year and it's really my favorite holiday, but Halloween fell on a Friday this year. So we kind of made a whole hollow weekend out of it. <laughs> where like, I, I got like, I bought some liquid latex and I was making like fake scars and sticking them on my face. And we were watching horror movies and, you know, doing things with pumpkins and with everything else. So, um, I, I kind of got to ring a little bit more Halloween, uh, out of it. Although, you know, I'd, if, if it was up to me, I would have Halloween. It would, the whole month would be Halloween. But um, well, why not just why not just do Halloween? We sort of did. Yeah, to, we tried to. We um, we started listing horror movies at the beginning of the month because um, I always uh, Whitney always indulges me in my love of horror movies throughout October. It's not really a genre she's been called to that much in the past, but she's interested enough in, in, to in kind the, of like feel Christian out. evangelical sense of yeah. being called to um, to see what she does and movies. doesn't like within the within the genres, and it's fun. It's fun to explore. So um, we just. Uh, Saturday watched the thing and Hellraiser. Nice. That's a hell of nice. a double feature. That is that's some serious eighties filmmaking. Yeah, there's some drippy, gory practical effects. Yes. That's like four plus hours of uh, yes. gr- gruesome eighties pl- practical effects with no computer generated uh, stuff. Unless the lightning in Hellraiser isn't. You know how the box keeps the, having blue that, lightning coming that, off of that's it and shit? hand animated by yeah, apparently Clive Barker and like some German guy <laughs> over a weekend. They just got that done because uh-huh. they needed that to be in there. Mm-hmm. So they just literally drew that stuff. So that's, it's been really fun. So that's one thing. Yeah. Is I just, just to catch everyone up on uh, my movie watching habits. I've been watching some good horror movies lately. And if you want as many as I wanted form reviews of those specific horror movies, go look at my other podcast. We have such films to show you where our very first episode was Hellraiser. And we did the thing sometime in the last 12 months. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's, that's another four hours of those movies for you. Right. It's most talking about it. Most, we have such films to show you episodes are longer than the films they're reviewing. Yes. Um, so if you really podcast sound (laughs) shockingly constrained, (laughs) the, um, the last episode you did on, we have such films to show you was the first episode I did on in the cut Prometheus, which was Prometheus. Yeah. So um, there you have it. It nice. all they all fit together like interlocking pieces of a jigsaw I puzzle. Really, I felt like I was overdue for that film, like in so many different ways. Like I'm glad I finally saw it uh, because now I feel like a lot of like sort of dependencies in other parts of my life, yeah, you know, weights there have been lifted. Like I no longer have to say to Yakov during 
any random episode of the ancestral <laughs> films to show you, oh no, I still haven't seen Prometheus. Right. As a lifelong alien and aliens fan, I no longer have to be like, oh yeah, no, I haven't actually seen that yet. I don't have context for what people say are good and bad things about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as yeah, we're we, talking it happens with about us. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. So, so yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I no longer have to wonder how much I'm going to think it's a flawed film. And now I can just know that I think it's a deeply flawed film, mm-hmm. uh, but with some good stuff, but, but I won't go into whole review of it anyway. Right. You yes. have plenty of that on record already. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm going to circle back to all this stuff in a little bit. Do it. But uh, as, I, as I kind of trace back through what's been going on since last time we recorded, um, what's or the time before last, last, what's been going on since last time we recorded was nothing. Because hey, yeah, we we're recording these two back to back. I went I to hey. California and attended a friend's wedding that was really what's wonderful. I flew to Florida. And, and I flew down to Florida went to uh, went to a thing. Sorry, <laughs> I appreciate. You have no idea how much I respect your ability to keep going there. Uh, well, it, I only stopped because you had caught perfectly up to what I was yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I was hoping I was, I was hoping I was going to get another If and I just stopped, it for turns a second. out that I just felt really self-conscious about it. Uh, well, so. that's okay. Maybe that's for the better. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, me and Whitney went to Florida and had an amazing time. We saw some friends of ours who run a holiday lighting business down there, meaning. Uh, well-off people who don't want to hang their own Christmas lights off their giant houses pay Motherfucker. my friends to climb around on the it roof like crazy people. It occurred to me that that was a market segment, but that's so obviously a fucking market segment. It's dangerous work. I mean, they're not, people aren't going to do it themselves if they can afford to pay some other chumps to pay for you know, I don't health insurance. I, I don't do a shitty job on our house every other year. Just because, like, it's it's a it's just a pain. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to spend four hours climb around... like. As much as anything, it's the moving the ladders and shit around and the untangling mm-hmm. the cords. It's like, you know, I, the danger is not a big deal. I've, I've painted my own house, so I've been up on a fucking, like, 30-foot ladder plenty of times. But but it's just, it's 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 a it's a pain in the butt. Right. So good on your friends yeah, for uh, they, monetizing well, that shit. Right. They worked for a larger company in another state that did it, and then they decided to start their own business in Florida doing it. Um where there is money for such things to be spent, apparently. Um, but while we were there, we did a, a lot ton of retired of stuff. Jewish people who want Christmas lights up on there. <laughs> we uh, kayaked down a river and saw an alligator. Is nice, exciting. We should we should we go very close. We should go on a kayaking double date sometime. Okay, because there's a place up in Washington we went at one point last year and it was very nice. And we should do that. Yeah. Now now that I've kayaked once. Yes. Yeah. Now you know what you're in for. Now that I, now I know what I'm in for. Uh, we went to Universal Studios. And um, went to the Wizarding the Studios where they made the entire universe. No, I, I'm talking about a different thing. Apparently, I've, I missed it. like okay. from Douglas Adams, like where they make all the planets. Like Smarty Bartfast. No, the you're n- no, you're a little confused. This is Universal Studios, meaning the uh, well in Universal Studios Hollywood, it's an actual studio lot where they film films under the banner of Universal, which is just a movie production company. It's very not, poorly named then. Not truly it's, universal. That's, that's deeply misrepresented. Yeah, I agree. It's like that. It's one of my favorite uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 jokes where the um, Universal splash screen comes up and it says Universal International and Crow says, doesn't the fact that it's Universal make it international? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But we went to Universal Studios Florida, which has nothing to do with movies except that it's a theme park with the theme of movies driving it. And not even that in some cases, because there's an entire section of it that's all comic books and things like that. But um, within it, there's a small park within a park that's the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Which, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you probably already know about the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Uh, it's a really elegantly designed little thing in there. It's not. I mean, I, it's hard to say it's worth an entire trip to Florida if you live on the West Coast to fly out there just to see it because you kind of see it all in an hour or two, and it's very, very crowded. And yeah. if you want to ride any of the rides, they're still the newest rides in the park, so they have the longest lines, and the you know they're. I don't know. It was fun, though. We had a really amazing 11-plus-hour day at Universal <laughs> Studios. Both of us hung over to start with. Oh, Jesus. So um, we, we, we were both very – we were troopers and had a good time. Um, but the uh, one of the best parts of it was, you know, we, we knew ahead of time that we had to get there. We had planned – that we would show up at Universal Studios on one of the slowest days of the year. That's kind of what the genesis of this trip was, was kind of finding people who obsessively map how, how busy the park is on given days and stuff. So we found a good day. It was a Monday. It was an off-season kind of. Um, and we showed up early. We showed up before the park opened. And so we kind of, we walked in the gates. We got our tickets. We did the whole thing. And we just kind of stood there for 15 minutes with, you know, the other crazy people. <laughs> And when and, and and there's just basically one security guy who's like, nope, can't go past past this point, you know. And you're kind of sort of already in the park, but not quite yeah. able to do anything. Um, if you guys could have just got it organized, you could easily have overpowered that guy. We could have, yeah, it's true. That poor fucking guy, um, whose job is just to wake up at seven in the morning and tell people that uh, their screaming kids can't have what they want. No fun yet. <laughs> No, sir. So we, um, but then, you know, go for it here at the time, the, the clock struck, whatever. And we, uh, we started walking and, you know, a couple people were running. It seemed like on busy days, that's when you really get the gate crashing early morning people who want to get first. Um, you know, some of these rides, like Whitney was telling me, you, the, when the ride was first created, the new wiz- the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, the, the Diagonal Alley main ride in that section, People waited six, eight plus hours for one ride. This is, this is not an enthusiasm I can is, understand. This like, is like a I can, short ride too. This yeah. is like like less than four minutes, probably less than three minutes long. And to think of waiting eight hours for three minutes of so, of sitting in a basically sitting in a chair and having things like jump and flash at you, yeah, is I mean not that it was a poorly designed ride, but it's short. They yeah, want it yeah, to be short, yeah. and they want to keep people moving through it because exactly. they. Have, so, um, I don't know, we, wait, we waited over an hour for it, but part of that was because they had kind of had to shut it down and pause the line for a little bit. We just kind of had an unlucky time. We did try to pace our day in such a way that we were hitting different sections yeah. during their slow periods. Um, so, we, we, we had about as optimal a Universal Studios experience as we could, um, and that was about as much as I could take. I mean, any busier than that, and I don't think I would have been able yeah. to make it, but I had a good time. But one of the best things about it was anyways we were so we were there early we kind of were you know the among the first people going to the park a couple people kind of sprinted to the special rides that they wanted but for the most part people were kind of just moseying back to the busy rides and uh we were kind of halfway to them and we kind of were like i don't even i don't even want to fucking wait in line with these people i don't even want to jockey with this posse of like obsessives so we kind of veered off and just kind of found a ride and it was um 
I can almost guarantee in hindsight that this is the oldest ride in the whole park <laughs> because it was uh, E.T., the extraterrestrial adventure. Oh, nice. And we just kind of like stumbled across it and we we're like, I'll try this. Was it based on the Atari game and you would just like fall down into a pit and then spend a minute trying to get out of it? No, it was based on the, 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 the Atari game actually had a, a movie adaptation. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize it was that successful. Yeah, <laughs> it was quite successful. Yeah. It's a famously successful yeah. Atari 26. It was so Atari successful game. they had to bury a bunch of carts <laughs> in the desert to keep people from literally dying yeah. <laughs> obsessively because they just couldn't get enough. Infinite Jest is actually a true story based on the Atari ET cartridge. Whoosh. Really? You never read Infinite Jest? Oh, I don't know. It's only like 1,100 pages. <laughs> okay. And famously difficult. I mean, you know, what's it's... really fun is going to a ride in Universal Studios where you can see all the gating designed to keep hundreds of people in line from cutting in line. And you just kind of slowly walk through the entire thing like you're the last human beings on Earth, sort of. Yeah, that's a. That's a I, I, and we I, get up to the front and like we, we're just kind of standing outside the door and it's like, is it locked? Do they not even open this ride at this point in the morning? <laughs> just like, who is going to gay crash yeah. to run to the E.T. ride that's been there since, I don't know, the 70s, 80s? When did E.T. 80s, come out? Yeah, the 80s. So, um, it, so we're just kind of like, well, maybe we should we leave or what's going on? Eventually someone opens the door and just kind of sweeps some dust out. And we're like, oh, hey, is it open? And, the, and he just kind of disappears. And then someone else comes out and they're like, you here for the ride? And we're like, yeah, if that's okay. And she's like, come on in. And we come in and we're like, I don't know if you want to run the ride. It's literally just the two of us. There's no one else out here. And she's like, I ain't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm here. And so she like grabs the mic and is like, welcome to the ET. <laughs> welcome to the ET adventure. Please strap in for your, the dirt, you know, like the, doing this whole rigmarole. Before we go and meet our friend ET, we're going to have a special message from director Steven Spielberg. And then like we're in this, I mean, I could go all into the brilliant design of all the lines here, but most rides, they have a line and then they have like two or maybe three separate rooms that they kind of like cattle drive you into to like watch a video or get a prompting or whatever. And that's so that you feel like you're in the ride already. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like that much longer. Yeah. yeah, Being in line. So, but it's just the two of us in this giant empty room. That's like designed for cattle kind of. (laughs) And it's like Steven Spielberg, like, Hey, you know, killing a bunch of time. (laughs) And he's like, Hey, you're going to get to meet our friend E.T. before long. But first, let me tell you what's going, you know, E.T.'s e. home planet is in danger and blah, blah. And we're just like watching this teeny little CRT TV with Steven Spielberg explaining E.T.'s flight. And then and then we get shuttled through there. And then there's like six people around us running the ride. And they're all like, hi, you know, go take any seat you want. Right. And so we get on this thing that's like a, a ride that's designed for like 12 or 15 people. Sure. Yeah. But it's meant to be like when you're sitting in it, that you're kind of riding a bike. So you're kind of like <laughs> meant to be a swarm of bikes, but only the two of us. And they're like, just wherever. I don't know. You get a ride past the moon. <laughs> you oh, do sorry, sorry. no no um, you do you do um you so I you am like a hundred percent sold on this <laughs> and so like, so the two of us get in this like swar- like vast grid of little bikes and it's just that again the two of us and they're like and the guy's like you know you drop the little bar across your lap so you don't fall out and kill yourself and the guy's like 
have a nice bike ride. And it's like, this is a guy who says that 700 times a day, but it was so sweet because it was so earnest because it was just a me and Whitney. And for all we know, it was the only people on earth were us and the 15 people it takes to make, run this, this ride is, for the two of us. This is really like one of the, 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 the small magical sort of upbeat in a post-apocalyptic <laughs> yeah. story right here. Right. As you stumble across a, a, a run, you know, an abandoned theme park and you're like, like I can just take all the rides anymore, and so there's like, no like It's not Spielberg on the TV. It's just a guy <laughs> sticking his head inside the gutted thing and doing mm-hmm. his Spielberg impression based on what he remembers mm-hmm. from the long, long ago. So it was actually kind of a, one of the longer rides in the whole park. And we kind of, you know, it's a little clanky because it's uh, it's old and it's not they haven't quite refined all the pro- whatever mechanical engineering that goes into making a smooth you know theme park ride but it was really f- like adorable and fun and surprising and whatever it's the et ride so it's uh, uh and, and and we came off of it and we just walked out and we're like that was so fucking weird that was so weird i mean that's the only time all day, we're not going to wait. And, we're going to ride a ride, and you know, not be shoulder like touching another yeah. stranger. <laughs> I gotta tell you, but it was so like adorable. I would have, I would have gotten right back in mm-hmm. non line for that motherfucker. Like, we got, we got off of it, and there's still no one in line. I yeah. mean, there probably wasn't anyone in line for like an hour and a half at least. We could have rode it 15 times. Yeah. No, I, I honestly that. I am more interested in that ride than I right. am in, in anything that they're actually trying to market at this point. <laughs> like I, I'm not a big theme park guy in the first place. You know, we went to I Disneyland. I didn't know. I'm not a, I don't know if I, I don't think I've ever been to Disneyland. I think I went to Knott's Berry Farm when I was 11 or 10 or something. And that's pretty much it for yeah. me. So I didn't know. Going I went to Disneyland one time when I f- was four. And so I have a hazy childhood memory of small bits of that. Mm-hmm. And then we went again one time when I was like, I don't know, 13, 14, something like that. So I was kind of disenchanted a little bit already, but like, we're doing this. Okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, my younger brother was still a little bit more like, yeah. And I think my older sisters were actually a little bit more like, yeah, too. Mm-hmm. So it's, I was apparently the boring one, but, mm-hmm. uh, but we went on, I was going to say it was like a rainy Tuesday in November, which is like, that's when you go to Disneyland. Because we didn't wait in line for a fucking thing. We went on Splash Mountain like five times mm. in a row because they mm. got they've got the whole big ass lineup. I remember, when Splash Mountain came out, it must have been huge, and probably during like peak, it's still big, mm-hmm. you know. And so they've got like all these signs pre-printed with estimates of the weight based on the assumption that you've got a line mm-hmm. full of people. Like the wait from here is approximately forty-five minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get up there and then once you get up to the top, yeah, there's like weird animals and whatnot. Uh, weird. I'm sure they're, you know, engaging storybook animals or whatever. Um, I want to say it's like, I don't even remember what the milieu was. It was maybe sort of like Br'er Rabbit type stuff, mm. uh, but without as much of the, you know, racism song of the South. I aspect. was read Br'er Rabbit stories when I was little. I was one of my most beloved books. I, 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 I had a Flintstones tape where Fred and Barney and other Flintstones told stories including i think some variation on a Br'er rabbit one that's a weird cultural crossover yeah it right was there. yeah that whole t- that whole thing was weird i i hmm. i yeah that's that's a very long conversation mm. that i'm not going to get into right now sure but uh but but yeah so so we went on splash mountain and yeah you they're like last 10 15 minutes i think is sort of like animatronic uh woodland animals singing and talking and whatnot and then splash mountain it actually, you sort of get on it and it does a classic roller coaster, like slow climb thing where you get mm-hmm. some happy singing, some sort of small world after all ish stuff. And then it actually gets a little bit like darker and spookier mm. 
uh, as I think if, if I'm remembering right, cause you know, this is like whatever, 20 years ago now, but, but, but you go up and as you get farther and farther up the roller coaster, cause it's a log, but you kind of know that the big splash is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets a little bit darker and like, you know, spooky woods and whatnot. And then you go towards the light and then there's a big drop. And I think it's like two or three drops. Okay. Uh, so you get the drop and splash, drop and splash. Mm. You know, I'm sure the drops get bigger each time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got a camera that shoots uh, the log right as you come over the crest to the big drop. And so it can get oh, everybody's yeah, yeah, face yeah. like freaking out. Right. And then you can buy a souvenir picture if you want at the bottom, you know, like $5 print of the shitty digital picture of yeah. you coming down. Yeah. The equivalent at Universal Florida is the uh, Jurassic Park uh, water ride. Which was delightful, by yeah. the way. And I now deeply regret not buying the picture because Whitney was laughing at my face in the picture for literally the next five minutes <laughs> yeah, that, after we left. And it's like, why I should have just fucking bought it? Why didn't yeah. I go back and buy it? Should have. Anyway. Well, see, what you, what you should have done is just taken a picture of the picture with your phone. Yeah. Like, we didn't have that 20 yeah. years ago, but That's uh, true. if we did. Because, oh, so here's the thing. We, we go down this, and it's the first time. I mean, five bucks. Anybody in my family had gone bucks, down think, this but. thing, you know, first time any of us have been to Disneyland in 10 years and mm-hmm. at all for some of us and whatever. So we go down this, and it's like, oh, good. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's making some reasonable, you know, facsimile of a first time down the Splash Mountain mm-hmm. big drop face. But then it's a fucking rainy Tuesday in November. So there's nobody there. So we just go back. And I think we may have been like pretty much the only people on the next ride down splash mm-hmm. mountain. And we did this like three or four times just cause it's like, well, let's tear ass up there and we'll get up to the top of the line in two minutes. And we'll go down again. And my parents were like, they are entertained for the next half hour. Okay. I don't think they had a problem with this, but the thing is we knew about the picture at that point and we knew about the drop and nobody mm-hmm. was like really dedicated to being scared the second time or the third time or the fourth time. So we started coordinating things to do in the picture just so we could get to the bottom. Like we didn't even care about the ride as much as we did getting to the bottom and looking at our picture. You know, we did like the see no evil, hear no evil, do no mm-hmm. evil. Sort of, you know, came up with three or four variations and, and, and I remember that bullshit hacking of the picture of you being terrified process of splash mountain, like more fondly than any other part of that, that Mm -hmm. trip to Disneyland. That's really sweet. I was also really bitter and remain bitter about the fact that the the one ride I remembered from being four years old was down for maintenance when I was there. And I don't think it ever opened. I think they shut it down. What do you remember what it was? I can't fucking remember the Mm. name of it. It was like you, you, you rode in like a, one of those black, like semicircular, uh, cart things that mm-hmm. are sometime on sort of like big pendulum whirly whatever's that was most of um, the rides at universal yeah. yeah but anyway this didn't do anything pendulumy but you went into a tunnel uh-huh. and then there was clever mirrors on the outside so i remember seeing this waiting in line for it or waiting in line waiting around after we wrote it when i'd been there when i was like fucking four uh, of seeing these things sort of like you could watch them and then there was a clever mirror or prism so it looked like they shrunk down before they went into the tunnel oh. and so like there was this which i understood to be an illusion but at the same mm. time it was like you know shrunk down and then the inside of it was some sort of like i don't know voyage through discovery or science or some shit and oh fun there were like holograms in the dark and yeah. as a four-year-old it was very stimulating cool. uh, and i wanted to write it again even though i knew it was probably going to be kind of you know lamer the second time but i couldn't and i never will and that's some fucking bullshit. <laughs> so I'm glad you had a good time at Universal Studios because that makes up for that fucking bullshit. We did have a good time for sure. 
Yeah, it was a lot of those. Um, the majority of the rides we rode weren't like uh, roller coastery or on tracks, really. I mean, they were on tracks, but you would get into, a, uh, yeah, kind of like a half eggshell thing with some other people where it's like 12 or you know eight people sitting down in a thing. And uh, it would kind of like stutter along a track to a little thing. And then there would be like a, a, a surrounding you video thing happening. And then it would kind of draw in and you would get like the the seats would kind of pitch and yaw and move around. And so the whole thing would rock back and forth to kind of simulate engagement with the video you were watching. But um, most of it was that. And not a lot of it was like whipping around on giant roller coasters and stuff. That's what uh, the Harry Potter stuff was almost all like. That's what the, um, there was a pretty good Spider-Man one that was combined that with like 3d glasses. So it was all kind of coming out at you. That's so, it's not so much what the Men in Black one was. The Men in Black one was fun because you got little guns and you got to shoot the things around you, and it told you your score at the end. There's a oh, and Whitney killed me. She brutal. I totally thought I was doing good until I looked at her score. She had half again <laughs> what I had had. Um, but that one, yeah, that's it. Kind of rolled around the track and spun around and did that stuff. But it wasn't like roller coastery. It was just kind of like a moving chair kind of thing. So. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised by by kind of the styles of the rides. Um, and there was another thing I was going to say about Universal, but now I can't remember what it was. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Can I can I, can I ask? You can, can I inquire. You, you can and may. Can I interject here? You may and put a question. Should can I can I inquire? Talk it to me. Can I can I an inquiry? Yeah. Can I can I extend an inquiry? Hit me. Can I request some information from you? Can I put it to you for a response to this input? Rock me, Amadeus. <laughs> uh, have you ever been to Enchanted Forest? No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, but the other thing we did in Florida, one of a few other great things we did in Florida was went to the Kennedy Space Center, which was fucking fantastic. If you were ever in the area, go to the Kennedy Space Center. If I, I really loved it. I will never be in Florida, but if I am. But we passed on the way out there a little sign that just pointed apparently directly into the trees <laughs> that said Enchanted Forest. And I was like, we have one of those in Salem, Oregon. I think Enchanted Forest is just what you call your shitty off-brand amusement park. I mean, I, I don't even mean shitty in a hurtful way. Right. I mean, l- low rent. Right. Like, 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 like very much non-corporate Right. You know, labor of love. I couldn't help thinking about the Enchanted Forest when I left Universal Studios. And here's why. Because the E.T. ride, I was like, how many fucking decades of thousands and thousands of people coming in and riding this ride have they milked out of this one ride? I mean... How many you, don't people- have to, you don't have to recreate this incredibly complicated track system and ride to just get a small slice of that. You could just make a thing, you know? And I'm like, why has no one done this? And then I thought, someone has the Enchanted Forest in Salem, Oregon. I I, want to just briefly say, think about how many different people have sat in the same chair in the, whatever, the ride wagon. I got pretty liberal Uh, use of the hand sanitizer I had in my fanny pack, which I wore the fanny pack the whole time. I'm not talking about germs. I'm saying how many people who sat on the same bike that you sat on Mm. are now dead. (laughs) How many ghosts uh-huh. of previous ET writers might potentially have That's been silently question. watching that because that was their favorite memory from life? You think you think that they're not only am I sitting in a seat that a person who now is dead had once sat in, 
you think that they're spectrally haunting the ET yes. ride? Okay. Yes, I think they they are inhabiting you as a vessel to re-experience uh, that treasured memory from their life. Uh, probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Probably is a good number. Uh, <laughs> I did. So Enchanted Forest. Yes, I misunderstood we, the question. <laughs> we are going. We should go to the Enchanted Forest sometime because I've uh, Mr. Zarquan. Uh, no, I know there was a Metafilter meetup that took everyone out there yes. that I w- that I was sorry to have missed, yes. and well, uh, has my single favorite uh, Flickr photo caption of all time was you posting picture of a uh, knockoff of like thumper from bambi basically like an exti- excited crazed looking rabbit pointing on yes. one side and it says like go this way and you uh you put it on Flickr, and the title of the picture is don't listen to him he's drunk <laughs> and i laughed and laughed and laughed <laughs> it was it was it was a good time it was weird we were conspicuously a large group of adults uh, but the Enchanted Forest will take your business, no question. Yeah, we were we were we were actually all very sober, which uh-huh. it it should be no surprise that the Enchanted Forest doesn't sell drinks. But at the same time, I feel like maybe I should have. It's funny because my other my other uh, vicarious memory of the Enchanted Forest is uh, Mr. Zarquan posting a on Twitter, I think, uh, a conversation he had with a guy on the log ride. Is there a log ride of some of, sort? Okay. He said, the guy, the, he got off and the 16 year old kid was like, how was it? And he said, it was fine. It would have been better with scotch. And the kid said, this job would be better with scotch. Yes. Okay. No, that was, that was not the log, right? That was the challenge of Mondor, <laughs> okay. which it all ties yeah. together. Cause you're talking about the man yeah. black ride with the shooting. Yeah. Challenge of Mondor is that except totally shitty, <laughs> but kind of great. Cause like you're mm-hmm. all sitting, like there's up to four seats in a given card, I think. And you've each got an IR pistol mm-hmm. that, like shoots it at target. And I think if it gets a reflected IR signal back, mm. then you hit the target and you okay. get like a point mm-hmm. or a hundred points or whatever. And so there's a whole, you're, you're shooting and trying to rack up a score. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then there's, there's a, there's a wall of plaques of little tiny copper or brass plaques of like probably brass of high scorers. So if you get a high score, you could get a plaque on the thing. Cool. And mis- me, me and me and Mr. Zarquan, we went on this thing and we had a good time. And we had this conversation about scotch with the 16 year old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we went on it again because we're like, fuck it. We're here. There's not much going on. Let's do it again. And then hey. we did like a third time. And by then they were like, man, and then we're like, yeah, it's like, I mean, they weren't, they weren't judging us. They were just like, Oh, you're back again. It's like, yeah, we're back again. Uh, and by the third time we'd gotten to the point where our trigger fingers were like sort of tired out. Like mm. uh, I think we like went low, high, low with our scores. Sure. Uh, but we were theorizing that, you know, if you got a programmable IR uh, generator, you could probably really rack up a high score and you get real time feedback on the cart of your score. So you can just spend most of the ride figuring it out. And once you figure out how to trigger it, you just like get it plausibly above the, existing high score like don't get like a million points but if the high score is like 3800 get 4100 okay and then hope that the 16 year old who doesn't even know what scotch tastes like mm-hmm. uh doesn't notice you doing less than the monitor or if they do they don't give a shit which is probably pretty plausible so basically pretty foolproof so our thought was we should go back sometime with a programmable like ir remote mm-hmm. or something and just like cheat our way to the top of the high scoreboard there but we've also thought about just going back and trying Sure. Uh, and we've never quite gotten around to it, but Hey, I think, I think maybe I go down there for work all the time. So if we just line up the timing, we, I we think should we figure ideal. that out. Cause yeah, 
I think that'd be a good time. And we could just go on it. Cause this is the thing, your, your, your story about the ET thing mm-hmm. and the lines makes me realize I'm all about, let's go on the shitty ride again and again and again. <laughs> like, you know, let's go on it to the point that it's just completely normalized. And this is just where we are. This mm-hmm. is, this is, how we are existing. I mean, and, and I don't, I, I hate to jump from something where I just described something as shitty to a description of our podcast, but I feel like <laughs> that's kind of the strength of the format here is I really enjoy just sitting and forgetting that we're even like, if it weren't for the microphone literally in front of my face, mm-hmm. I would just sort of forget that we're particularly doing a thing other than just like BSing. And I've, I, that's part of why I enjoy this so much. Like I really enjoy just sort of letting loose and, uh, you know, rambling and, and, and just being, being in the space of this conversation, <laughs> you know, so. It's the audience misses uh, all of the gesticulations when you're waving your arms. Yeah, it's a, we really should do a video podcast sometime, <laughs> just like a, a short one. A but short speaking, one. speaking of the format, uh, two things, let's talk about that when we come back, but uh, also let's uh, take a break. All right. Okay. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Yeah. Should we take a break? I think we should take a break. Let's take a break. Let's uh, take a break. What should we take? Oh, a break. All right. Nibble my sponge cake. Watching the sun bake. All those tourists covered with oil Strumming my sex chain On my front porch swing Smell those shims beginning to boil On his shoulder, this brand new tattoo But it's a real beauty A Mexican cutie How it got here, I Searching for my lost share song Some people claim there's a woman to blame But I think it's nobody's fault And we're Johann Zabashabach. Mm-hmm. Um, the beer I brought uh, last episode, which somehow was carried over to this episode, it's in ways really that lasted, yeah. scientists have not really yeah. yet found a way to understand. Uh, Widmer Brothers uh, Burr Seasonal Ale, which I had a recollection of really liking. That's and spelled B-U-R-R. It's named for uh, Aaron Burr. No, 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 no. 18th century no, uh, no, no. figure. No, it's... 19th century? No, it's... Early spe- 19th century? I don't know. No, remember. Josh, it's, it's spelled B-R-R-R, as in the uh, ex- Haltation? Huh? 
exhortation? No, exhortation? Uh, it's not really an exhortation. It's, a, the, it's an exclamation? Uh, the exclamation uh, you make when you're cold. Yes. The emoticon. Uh, this is a seasonal beer from Widmer Brewer, Brewer, the, 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 the Widmer Brothers, a uh, local brewery. Uh, and one I had, uh, had a distinct recollection of really liking and looking forward to seeing again. And uh, now that I've had three of them, I can honestly say that I hate it. I don't like this beer at all. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's a little bit hoppy. It's a little bit hoppy and it doesn't taste hoppy to me. It just tastes like the f- not beer flavored. It's, it's, I, to me, it strikes me as a little bit hoppy, a little bit bitter, uh, not very malty. And, and the thing is, it's, it's kind of like a, a dark winter beer. But one of the things I like about dark winter beers is they tend to have a little bit more maltiness to it. Mm. Um, this is apparently 7.2%, which would make me expect a little bit more of a sugary profile because that's part of how you get the higher oh, alcohol okay. level is you resugar it but you know it depends sure. on the balance of yeast you use and apparently well, based on the way that we neither of us can seem to shut up about the things we're talking about um probably uh has gotten us a little drunker than most beers do um a little bit, a little bit. but uh i think that maybe the sierra nevada seasonal ale is probably the one i was thinking of maybe which is theirs i can't remember now yeah. not jubile ale th- is it jubile ale who makes jubile ale? ah shoot that's the shoots the shoots yes um sierra nevada makes a good one I tend to think of Sierra Nevada's beers in general as being sort of too bitter and hoppy. They have uh, a strong presence, but like, I kind like of I cut my teeth okay on them a little bit because they're kind of from the same neck of the woods that I'm from. Yeah. So um, I, in, in, in ways that uh, other beers have a, are a little strong for me, that particular one I just kind of am used to. Um, anyway, so that's the beer we've been drinking for the last two episodes yes. of the podcast. It's nice. It's, which I'm going to let you, I'm, I'm okay with you, it. the listener, in on a horrible secret. No, Josh, put the knife away. <laughs> I'll I, kill you. We are recording these back to back because uh, I don't know why, but normally we sit across <laughs> the table from each other, facing each other. This one we're sitting. <laughs> that was a good our, joke. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, God, yeah, that, was that was good. That was pretty great. I feel I feel good about that. Josh, I want to talk to you. I was going to talk to you two beers ago about um, podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk about podcasts yes because i don't want to rake you over the coals but let me rake you over the coals for a second oh yeah that's right you wanted to give me shit so uh it's like two episodes ago now, <laughs> now you just seem petty. i want to give you shit um, during every episode and somehow i find a way to but this is a particular topic upon which yes. i was uh at like coals i was going to rake you um so it's I don't know. It's been a long time since we recorded together, as we were saying. Yes. Um, aside from last episode, notwithstanding, since that was the same night as yes. this episode. Yes. Um, before that, it was all the way back to the one we were recording during the XOXO. And uh, even that one hasn't come out yet. Yes. And I have been thinking a lot about podcasts lately. And one of the things that came up, and this ties back to something we were talking about last time too, which was that Paul Ford made a cutting joke on Twitter about podcasts that are just two guys (laughs) bullshitting with each other about nothing endlessly. And I'm like, (laughs) it's like... It went so straight to the heart that it like I didn't even feel it. You know, I, I, like, I, I didn't I, have my feelings hurt at all. It's yeah. just like, yep, that's right. Yep. No, I, I responded said, "Don't ever listen to any of my podcasts, Paul." Right in the <laughs> right in the Andy Bayo said, "No, you should." Yeah, Here's the one that's like was on. <laughs> about three hours and right. yeah, three guys. So I don't know. I've had a lot of ideas about podcasts swirling around in my mind lately, and um, one of them is he kind of or he and Jessamine had a short back and forth wherein they suggested like. 
how about a podcast where instead of two hours of two guys talking about nothing, you have a two minute podcast where one guy talks about or girl or whoever talks about something that they're incredibly enthusiastic yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a brilliant idea. Yes. I would love to, I'll do that tomorrow. Yeah, no, I responded to that to say, uh, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. and someone else should do it. <laughs> hey, here's that guy right here. Another, the other thing that's happening in my life that I hadn't really touched on yet was that, um, I'm, you know, me and Whitney are moving out of our 480 square foot studio apartment into a 1,050 square foot three bedroom house. And this is like, we're skipping the middle part where you find a house that's the right size for you. And we're going straight from something. The middle part's very 1960. Insanely too small for us to something probably a little, if anything, too big for us. I, you know, but, um, you know, it was within our budget. It's a little ways outside of town, but I mean, I, we will fill it, I think. And and one of the ways, ways I want to fill it is make one of those into like a workspace slash little recording spot. Oh, uh-huh. And the listener, you'd have to understand that my eyebrows just went up. (laughs) In an oh-ho type of way. Yes. Um, Uh Aha. There's a lot of people who I know and who are in my life and who I've talked to who I think have a lot of shit to say in in the context of a podcast. And they have ideas for a format or they don't, but they're just so effusive and wonderful as people that I just want to capture them. Lightning in a bottle and uh, so, so many different like little ideas like Paul's there. I, I want to make a fuller time thing out of creating and producing podcasts. And I want to use my living space as a way of enabling that since I'm moving into an awesome, awesome space in Portland. And I'm incredibly lucky to be moving into this place with Whitney. And and, and it's like kind of opening a door to that in that way. Um and so I, I don't know what is that. That's a podcast network, I guess. Kind of. No, that's that's an exciting idea. Like I'm, having I'm, to, to creating a banner under which I can either co-host a show with someone who wants a co-host for a show, or, or someone sort of, else. Just sort of engineer. I don't need to be in the show at all. The they can just show up and yeah. record a podcast that they want, and then I can produce it, or I can not produce it. They can edit it themselves, and I can just release it, or I can not release it. They can record, <laughs> produce, edit, and release it themselves, and they just want to be tied to the name for some reason. Yeah. Any of these things are possibilities, I think, and I haven't really, obviously, hammered down the details yet, but. I think it's a really, I mean, it's a young medium. I think that I have been playing around with it for a while. I think it would be really, really fun to double down on this idea of making podcasts. I think that's a very exciting idea. I I, I mean, I I don't remember how much I talked about with you, but uh, I, I've thought about sort of like the vague idea uh, without ever getting to a point of like, oh, this is something I need to specifically act on. At one point, there was, mm-hmm. a, there was a storefront in St. John's uh, the the listener can't see me gesturing in the direction of St. John's, uh, but St. John's is the the main street about a, a mile from my house in sort of an undifferentiated residential part of North Portland. Mm-hmm. St. John's is more of like a you know storefronts and bars and restaurants and whatnot. They had a there was a music shop there that uh, shut down when the owner of it was like, hey, I uh, I've got health issues and I need to not be running this business. It's basically a turnkey business. So if you just want to buy it from me for $4,000, including my inventory, it's yours. Right. Um, and that ended up not quite happening. And so it's been replaced by a sandwich shop, which is a very good sandwich shop. So that's nice. <laughs> but in the interim, when he had first sort of put that out there, he just basically posted on Facebook and Craigslist saying, Hey, do you want to buy my business? Um, me and Angela had a conversation about like, you know, 
what if we bought that place? What would we do with it? And mm-hmm. that led to, what if we turned it into a podcast studio? What if we bought that space and converted? Because the back room of it was sort of a recording space anyway, because it was like a music store slash recording space. Mm-hmm. So what if we converted that into a podcast studio and then tried to just book people at reasonable low rates to come in and record podcasts and we could manage some of that. And eventually we decided that like, this sounds like another full-time job. Right. Plus a bunch of liability for a space and equipment that maybe there's zero demand for in town. Let's not do this. That's a dumb idea. Let's stop. No. Right. You know, so it was like a, it was like 48 hours of sort of like, should we, I don't know, should we, no, no, we should but the, totally. the core idea I love, you yeah. know, the idea of doing that. And I don't know that there is something like that based in Portland. None yeah, that I don't I'm know aware if that of. particularly is. I mean, yeah. And then not that it has to be a re- regionally specific, but it's like, why isn't there one in yeah. Portland that I'm super familiar yeah, with? Well, if you're booking Vinny's, time, you're booking people who are yeah. in the area. Right. So. But it's, I mean, it, it could even be something that was open to like, just send in the MP3, you know, put it on the site and, yeah. you know, it'll, it'll be part of the RSS feed yeah. for the, the master RSS feed for the whole network or whatever. But, um, there's, there's so many different ways my mind goes with it immediately. And it's like hard, it's almost hard to reel in, but um, it's fun idea and it's exciting and I'm really happy about it. And I, I already have this show that I do with you and I have the show that's currently on hiatus with Aaron uh, in the cut and Aaron and, and various guests uh, who are also co-hosts. And then, you know, a half dozen, at least other people who are just like in the wings who are like, yeah. I have already started recording or haven't started recording, but have an idea or, you know, things that are like the Paul Ford thing, which is just like an idea that's brilliant. Like, why not? So I don't know. I kind of wanted to bounce that idea off you, but I also wanted to talk to you about how that relates to this show in particular, because I think that we have a really good thing with this show, but I also think it has a problem. And the problem is that it's like, we are really shitty about being regular about it. Yes. And Which I think that largely I think, comes down to the fact that <laughs> we've left it entirely in my custody. And I'm terrible well, about, about, you know, getting around to stuff. Like I, I, I have a lot of <laughs> weird personal time management and creative anxiety. That is a definite roadblock to regular timely publishing of sure. this podcast. Uh, Sure, and you're also a little bit like ADD-ish when it comes to projects. Yes, which is yes. no, I've got which a is, lot of stuff going on at a given time. What's great about that is that you have the opposite problem that I do, which is where when I come up with a good idea, I just put it at the back of the queue of ideas <laughs> I've come up with, and then I never get to it, right? And then by the time a thing comes to the top of the queue, it's like something I have not cared about in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas you were like, I'm excited about this, so this is what I'm doing, right? And I burn a bo- on both ends, and then I move on to the next thing, <laughs> right? And, and, it's, yeah. and it's it's so good, and it's so it's so funny because that was the genesis of this show. Yeah, was you were like, you need to be better at what I do, <laughs> which is like, you know, do it, you know, make it, release it to the world, and be done with it, type of thing. And it's so it's 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 so instructive to me. But I also think that we accidentally sort of struck a, I mean, struck gold is t- an exaggeration when I'm talking we about this tin. show. We struck a solid vein of tin. Yeah. Right. If in, in, in a Minecraft analogy, we struck uh what's the one you make torches out of coal, coal. We struck coal. Coal's good though. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's, yeah. that's good. You'll die without the coal. <laughs> but I also think that it would benefit from some kind of or- more, some more organization. I mean, right. I, I think it could certainly do so. And so even though it's kind of antithetical to the format that we designed initially, like maybe it's something that I could take on, or maybe we could like pass the reins and do it a different way. I don't know if that means not recording here anymore. Cause I actually really like recording here. So maybe we should record here, but we should record on t- 
this is yeah, it's no, weird no. to be telling you this idea on the show, but I kind of thought I really it was also it. it's nice because it's like, also really like to, to the style of the yeah, show no, that we would it, talk it, about on perfect. the show. No, I I I I am I am on board okay. with mixing it up. You know, especially I'm totally on board with mixing up in the context of you have a specific vision that you're willing to execute. Because I'm, right. of course, yes. If, if if somehow it involves me showing up and talking, right? I'm pretty much you know I can fulfill it plays my to your end strengths. of that exactly. Uh, talking and not stopping talking, I'm on it. Right. Uh, no, yeah, I, I could see. Uh, I, I could totally see uh, trying to record new space. I could totally see continuing to record here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm totally interested in seeing what you have in mind for potential structural, uh, jiggering. I am mm-hmm. totally on board with you working on the post-production aspects of stuff more, you know, all of these things. I, I'm, I have a good attitude towards all of this. Oh, good. I, uh, I am supportive of, of these things you have in mind. So it's yeah. a, it's kind of a shot in the dark and it's not the sort of thing I've ever done like i'm I'm the kind of uh, one of the problems i have is that it's hard for me to start a new thing because i i want to plan and map absolutely every aspect of a project before i that even must be a very interesting way to operate yeah right and, it, and it's, it's, it's why you're like sometime. the health one of the healthiest forces in my life <laughs> is because you're the opposite but every single story about a creative project i pursue involves the 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 day usually a week if i'm lucky a month if i'm extraordinarily lucky a year in where i i i my body washes up in bloody pieces <laughs> on the rocky shoals of not having planned where I'm going. And so right. it's, yeah, there's, there's downsides right. to the, the gonzo creative approach. And mostly they involve <laughs> abandoning projects and feeling terrible about it for the rest of my life afterwards. So, right. And I think that when it, when I do make it back to in the cut and some of these other podcast related projects that I, like I, I have said, I spend 20 plus hours on a single episode of in the cut and that's like not tenable. Right. And yeah. especially if I'm doing five, 10 shows or, or doing to some extent, uh, contributing editing or production, uh, to, to, to that number of shows, I just need to like find my middle ground on that. And yeah. taking an extended hiatus from that and doing only this has been really, really good for that for me. But, um, I think that I think it would be a worthy experiment to try and do the crapshoot, but a little like the Jesse way. Yeah, no, I really make sense. See how that works. Okay, I, I'm I'm totally down with that. And it still should be like a no topic bullshit fest. Like bullshit, I don't want to change yes. the show, yes. but I also kind of think like this is a good. It's a good starting point. What about um, we have such films? Do you want it on my new on my burgeoning podcast network? Oh, I'd be fine with that. Okay, I don't know if the process for producing would change at all, but that seems no, like that it, works I, well. I don't think that right. Yeah. That one should just be like, yeah, you'd send it to me and I put it on the site, or you put it on your site, and it's exactly. all we yeah. just call. We add a thirty second or three second bumper to the beginning yeah, or something. Exactly. Um, and so, which which leaves the one big question, which is, what the fuck do you call it? I have no idea. I can't yeah. think of a single good yeah. name idea. Uh, so if anyone out there, I guess this is a, this is a plea to the audience. Um, if anyone out there has any good ideas for <laughs> a podcast network name, <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I would call it. I have no idea what I'm doing except Brad sucks already named an album that, so I can't use that. Yep. We, we should consult with him for related ideas. That, that would, would be, be good. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm an idiot who has no business running a podcast network. That's one good name for a podcast network. Who the fuck network. do I think I am? Really? <laughs> who the fuck do I think I am? Podcast network. Just turn it off now. Yeah. Podcast network. Yeah. Don't you have something better to be doing with your time? The self-nagging podcast network. <laughs> I think this is good. I think this is a good way to approach it because I, I, I am supportive of this idea. And oh, I'm, good. I'm glad you broached it because oh, good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. I think... I think especially if you can get a couple other people involved who have ideas for shows that they're engaged about and they're not terrible. Right. Ideally they won't be terrible. That's my one, <laughs> that's the one thing I will say as like an initial critical thought. You're, is you're joking, be, but it's tough. I'm not joking. <laughs> I, it, you could, you could have a couple of friends who are really into the idea of podcasting and also they're really, really bad on mic, mm -hmm. you know, and that's a possibility and you can't know that for sure until you try it out. Right. You know, I, and I, I, maybe I flatter us by saying, Hey, we got the right sort of chemistry for, for a two guys, just literally bullshitting thing to work pretty well. I feel like well, anyone who's stuck nice with rapport. us for this long. Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, is that hopefully fair? agrees a little bit. Yes. Now, now, now we're going to some, I, I'm going to somehow insult the people who do enjoy the show by saying, well, anybody <laughs> stuck with us long, obviously it's a self-selecting crowd, so we can't trust them. But, but the point is like, we, we don't have a strong sense of constraint, but at least we've got a certain amount of energy and, and, and enthusiasm. And I think yeah. that plays well to the show. It's really easy for someone to have a certain amount of energy and enthusiasm and also not really know how to put out audio on a regular basis. And it's, it's You're a right. thing. so that's one challenge is like, you may have to get to the point where you're like, Hey, would you like to be on the network? Hey, your show's bad. Stop me. <laughs> right. And you know, depending right. on how hey, you're doing it, hey, that may not be a good long-term friend of mine who thought they were yeah. doing a really good job, but aren't. <laughs> well, <laughs> let and, me break something. And to, to you. be fair, anybody who tries it out and hasn't done it before and then does a bad job and just keeps doing a bad job for a while, they're probably going to sort of get that sense. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, people, e e even people who are surprised by the outcomes of a new creative venture are usually going to be at least sort of self-aware about it to some extent. Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily need to be an asshole about it to convey, Hey, well, here's some, you know, constructive thoughts on how this is going and things you could work on and, mm -hmm. and why. Um, so I, I, I think it's manageable. I, I, I'm not actually immediately in a doomsaying mind about that aspect of it, but it's a potential challenge. It's, it it's absolutely tricky. is. Yeah. I, I wonder if you could have a podcast that was just, pilots for other podcasts well there was there was a great uh show done by uh andy daly i think he's may have maybe finished it off at this point but uh a comedian named andy daly who's a regular on the comedy bang bang podcast which i i like like a great deal he did a show called the andy daly pilot podcast project the conceit of which was people sent in their podcast pilots and he would just pick out his favorite ones and air those but in fact it was all podcast starring characters that andy daly does okay uh but each one is a one-off so he would just do like an hour-long podcast well shit now i'm gonna have to listen to this podcast um it's one of those i mean podcasting is one of those things where it's like you are always running into the simpsons did it problem where if you have an idea for a podcast, you just have to not go and find out how many hundreds of other people have already tried the exact oh, yeah. same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it's kind of one of those, but um, yeah, if your goal is to be starkly and 
unambiguously original, right. fine. Do all your research and figure out who did it first and abandon most of your ideas. If your goal is to do something that's creatively fulfilling to you right. and just do the thing and see how well it turns out and just, you know, I mean, obviously that. I make an exception for this show where two guys sit in a basement and drink beer and talk about Never nothing. Never before. With, Never it, with a special emphasis on like technic, like tech related. Yeah. And, Obscure and references geeky. to 80s and 90s technology. Right. Uh, yeah. No, I feel like that's. Right. In their own inadequacies. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. to I don't think there's ever been any late twenties, early thirties involving, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, like, like pre pre middle age, post adolescent. But aside from this format, I think a lot of stuff has already been done. Yes, yeah. So I just have to ignore it. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So I had mentioned you two, oh, you talking you two to me. Uh-huh. I think last episode I mentioned it, and I may have mentioned it in passing in this one too. Uh, but this is a podcast by Scott Ackerman, mm-hmm. uh, host of Comedy Bang Bang, which is like my favorite podcast, uh, on which Andy Daly is a regular. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott, uh, Ben Wyatt from Parks and Recreation, uh, had a brief part in Hellraiser 4. <laughs> uh, Bloodline. Yes, Bloodlines. Uh, and, and, and a number of other things, but anyway, fun, funny guy. Uh, he's friends with Scott Ackerman. They both like you too. And so they decided to do a podcast called you talking you two to me Mm -hmm. and, uh, where they talked about you too. And the the plan was described this podcast on this podcast before. Okay. okay. So, so they maybe, maybe I've described the thing I'm leading into with it then too. Then the fact that they ended up falling into this pattern of doing micro podcasts in the middle of their podcast, Hmm. Like they'd be talking about, like they'd be talking about you two nominally and then they'd get talking about, Oh, Hey, you remember that movie? Blah, 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 blah. You know, I really like that movie. And one of them would be like, Oh, should we do an episode of I love movies? Yeah. Okay. Hey, welcome to I love movies. I'm Scott Ackerman. Mm-hmm. This movie was really good. I loved it. <laughs> this has been an episode of I love movies. <laughs> good app. Great app. Yeah. And see, the thing is they started doing this like, a good solid year, year and a half after we started doing ours. And the thing they do is not the thing we do with a fake podcast at the right, beginning, right. but it's sort of thematically related. And it's one of those things where I'm like, uh, my wife pointed this out to me cause she had started listening to this before I did. And she was like, Hey, they're totally doing your thing. And, and it's not like in a, we can say, Oh, Hey, they're copying us sort of way. Cause it's not at all. It's right. like, Oh my gosh. Improv comedians do some improv comedy. <laughs> right. Clearly they're stealing from us two random right. guys in the basement right. with no improv experience <laughs> and no humor careers whatsoever. But you know, at the same or time, like, that is sort of like a stickishly related to something that we have done with this. And so it's like, it's like, oh, I gotta, I have to acknowledge this that as, as a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I had any point beyond that. I think I was just going to point that out and say, Oh, that's a thing. And also vaguely say we didn't copy them. But, uh, but yes, it's tricky. Cause one of the things that I've been trying to not do as this podcast has evolved is try to be Scott Ackerman, mm. which I, I don't feel like I was particularly doing too much at the beginning, but definitely some of the structural ideas that we subsequently abandoned for the podcast were taken somewhat from me enjoying some of the structural ideas of his podcast. So I've, I've been sort of like letting that like stuff go. bits and recurring like yeah, some guests. Yeah, so, some of the bits and the guests and the timing. And and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the attempt to play some of the games at the beginning sure. uh, that I have subsequently realized, no. I don't know. Yeah. We we can circle back to those. We well, and we might at some point, but I no longer feel like that's how you do a podcast. Now oh, it's more sure. Like no, how you do a podcast is you show up with a six pack and and we talk for a while, uh, which feels much more 
this feels much more natural than trying to sort of coordinate co- coordinate <laughs> as they say in Scotland. Right. As, as they say at Chickophilia. Ah, yes. Uh, so yeah, I guess that was my thought. That was my whole thing there. That's good. Let me let me read you an email I got from a guy named uh, Yandiel. Yandiel, <laughs> another one? <clears throat> no, it's, this is the same oh, one. I thought maybe you emailed him back to say, "Hey, bro, we're totally fucking." No, up I've been in airplane on. mode this whole time. Um, where the hell are you? This is this is quality radio right here. This is quality. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to start a podcast network, so take my word on this Here, stuff. Here's what I want you to do when you start the podcast network. I uh-huh. want you to queue up the entire body of podcasts that you have to date mm-hmm. published on the network in sort of shuffle on iTunes and attach it to like a one watt radio transmitter. <laughs> I want you to start a pirate radio station just streaming a random shuffle of the content of the network. Did you know that I was surrounding two I ran blocks. a pirate radio station out of my apartment when I was 18 years old. I did not know that. Uh, yeah. Or if I did know that, I've forgotten that. That's okay. It's hard to say. Listeners, our, 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 our 12 dedicated listeners will know the answer to that question. One of whom is, is Yandiel. Yes. Uh, on the positive side of things, you guys are funny, intellectual, bring up some rather unearthed information I've never heard before. The atmosphere seems relaxed. Nothing appears forced. I think the drinking loosens you guys a little, (laughs) especially toward the end of each podcast when you've had more alcohol in your system. Once again, we really should start drinking an hour before we start recording. And the conversations become more direct and mentally tangible. Not meaning what goes on before is bad. I mean that there seems to be a shift between the first half and the second half, probably alcohol induced. Yes. All right. Then. I think that is spot there on. I think, I think, I think, I think this is why I wanted Yandiel. to write a good song for this guy because yeah, no, he totally, well, yeah, we really should. He, he knows also, us and still loves us. And at the same time, I can appreciate your attempt Despite to get that song us. done during the podcast. Cause that means it'll just get done instead right. of like, Oh yeah, I'll totally write yeah. that too much. Boom, 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 you had some good feedback. I feel like that's the strongest one yet. That's going to be the best we can do tonight, I think. I'm behind it. I feel good about it. How late are we? How far are we into this one? Oh, I, I think we're a little over an hour. Jesus Christ! We yeah. recorded two and a half hours of podcast tonight. Yeah, we're we're amazing. We're beasts. we're amazing human beings. Yeah, we're oxen. Yeah, 
It's like we We're drink beer animals. and don't shut up. Like yeah, some kind a, of hero. Seriously. Yeah. yeah that'd be a good comic book hero. Yeah. The guy who drinks beer, beer doesn't man. shut up? Yes. Yeah. Beer talk man. <clears throat> I'm getting a little hoarse. This is more podcasting than I've ever yeah, done in a day, really, I think. This is a real marathon. I think we should, I think we should wrap it up yeah. uh, for episode uh, 22B. Uh-huh. 22B. Uh, good. <laughs> I like that. I'm just going to call it 23. Fuck. Uh, I like the number. Did you say up. 23 at the beginning? I did. Okay. I, did. Well, I, I, I never so, should have doubted you. Yeah. Nope. You should not have. I, I yeah, should know. I feel, I, I feel should like, eventually uh, stop doubting you. This is, this is, this is for the record, uh, Yandiel and anybody else interested. I was going to say what happens when we go first. Cause this is, this is the podcast where we had already gone through most of the six pack. Right. This all our pre-flight stuff was in the last episode. Yeah. So, so like if someone needs to do a, a structural and rhetorical and phonological study of comparative drunkenness in. Oh, I, lo- I love this because this is one of the things we talked about in one of the first episodes was the, the, the idea, idea that the scholars idea. would eventually yeah, on back Earth, on our works and our corpus be fascinated. Yeah. Yes. So uh, yes, future anthropologists, here's the fucking payoff. Here's the callback. Right. It's all we we had this whole thing scripted from day one. Yes, this is this is where you say their narcissism becomes finally <laughs> undeniably apparent. We uh, oh, last thing we never figured out. Uh, we never heard from anybody uh, whether there's a name for a moon of a moon. Do you remember having this oh, conversation? Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah. So I, yeah. all you burgeoning astrologists, if there is an, astronomers, like the idea of a planet is surrounded by a moon, a moon surrounded by a secondary satellite. Is there a name for that? We're just going to rebroach that, bring it back up. Right. If you know, because it's true. Or if you know, am I crazy that there's moons? There's moons, the planets out there somewhere in the universe have moons that are bigger than Earth. Yes, I, I think I think Jupiter may in fact. That's kind of what I thought, but have, I wasn't sure enough I, to yeah, say. I'm not positive. I'm not positive. I did go to the Kennedy Space Center a week and a half ago. <laughs> well, then but you should know. I know I should, but Jupiter's I did. got some good sized I saw a real life spaceship sure. that went into space. That's nice. It, it made me I so happy. Rec- replica Apollo capsule at OMSI. I sat in a bunch of replicas and a couple real well, capsules. You're fucking special. And I got a bunch of pictures. You are. You're so special, Jesse. I feel special. I've been in a lot of outer space vehicles, and I got to see the um, uh, shuttle Atlantis, and it was gorgeous. It almost brought me to tears. Um, I love space shit. The um, so, anyways, pretty okay. Anyways, if Matenga, I, I have a whole tangent about ten- me and Whitney arguing about space diapers, and I'm not even. A, <laughs> Let's not go into it. I just want to. I just want to know briefly for the record that ten year old me would probably be appalled at how blase. 35 year old me is being about space stuff. Cause oh, I like yeah. space stuff. Space stuff's great, mm-hmm. but uh, I was fucking all about it when I was mm-hmm. a little kid. I'm so. ready to live in space tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going, uh, yeah. So moon of a moon, let moon us know. Yes. Name of the podcast network. I would love to start. Yes. Give us that. You, the listener. Um, those are your two homework assignments. Your third, if you choose to accept it is to, uh, rate us on iTunes, I guess. Yes. I, I, I a little review. I'll get back to writing songs. I mm-hmm. guess um, we're 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 our brains have obviously stopped working probably thirty <laughs> plus minutes ago. Neither of us, I think, has any idea what's going on. <laughs> we're we're just this is this is. Rapid if this makes it onto the internet, it's it's uh, it's complete happenstance. We, we may and not actually, by any deliberate we may action. be dead. We may have died at some point. Right. We evening. we could be hell banned from podcasting. Yeah. As far as as far as I know, we're actually the ghosts on the ET ride. Yeah. We're the ghosts on the bikes. We're just stitching these two episodes together we like are. we're just lacing like, up a Doc Martin combat boot. That was that was that was 
vivid. Yeah. I, f- vivid. I feel like it's all just coming together that, around that, that, one that big gross reminds me foot. that we talked about burr, and you said, no, it's not B-U-R-R, it's B-R-R-R. And I was like, oh. yeah, no, that's Aaron Burr. He's just like, he's he's a riot burr, like a riot girl, G-R-R-R. L instead of that was a little bit of a stretch. I think it was a little bit. Was yeah, a little bit. that's but, okay. But it was real. Uh, how, where else do you it's see? It's the three kind R's of comedy yeah. I love you for. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I love me too. Yeah. Uh, should we actually uh, call it now? I think we should because yeah, we were like calling it ten minutes ago and then and then and forgot to shut up and then life happened. <laughs> I mean, like a, I mean, like, life like, happened. Like a, like a Gwyneth Paltrow uh, dramedy. You know, life just. Mm-hmm. Or, or like, like, like something that Doctor Ian Malcolm would say, as played by Jeff Goldblum in, in Jurassic Park, life uh, finds a way. Mm-hmm. Life, you know, when Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. <laughs> a font of wisdom, that man. <laughs> just, just an amazing, amazing pile of thoughts. Must go faster. Well, thank you. you know, so- we, Whitney and I just. Rewatched Jurassic Park in 3D. I might have actually mentioned that in an earlier episode. I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen But that. now, since then, we've wrote a bunch of, or not a bunch, but we've been through the Jurassic Park section of Universal Studios Florida, and it was fantastic. Was it 3D-er than the 3D movie? Oh, yeah. It's it's like you, you're on a little float, and ostensibly, uh, boy, I just forgot to end this episode just now. <laughs> <laughs> Universal Studios, the theme of every ride except for the E.T. ride is you're getting on a ride in a theme park and then 20% of the way into the ride, something goes wrong. Oh, now things are off the rails and you have to deal with it. And that's the theme of every ride. So it seems like good for one ride, not so good for like the abiding theme of the park. Once you pick up on the theme, it's just like you're just waiting for it. But yeah, we went on the Simpsons ride, which was like that. Sideshow Bob hijacks the ride and you get jerked all around and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, that sucks. I would expect the Simpsons ride to be very staid and realistic. <laughs> it was, the Simpsons ride was pretty delightful. We um, It was one of the first ones we went on. Um, the Men in Black one, you are like... It, you remember the movie Men in Black? Yes. So you're like being brought in like, hey, so you're new agents. And then like, oh, God, there's a real alien invasion happening now. We're going to have to, you know, get you with your guns and to actually deal with this now. Um, the uh, the mummy ride, which was fantastic. If you don't miss the mummy ride, if you go to Universal Studios Orlando, same thing. It pretends to be a, a, a tour of some of the mummy effects that they made for the mummy movie. And then someone yells like, get out of here. The curse is real. And then everything goes to hell. Right. Um, but the Jurassic Park one was the most distinct because you're you're basically getting on a little like raft tour within ostensibly Jurassic Park. And like there's a narrator who's like, this is the name of this dinosaur that's right next to you and completely harmless. And then like they actually have the ride have a fork and it's pretty clear which way is supposed to look like the way you're supposed to go. And you get veered off to the wrong side and then this gate kind of like opens up in front of you and and then you hear like off in the distance like they're going off the road they're they're going on the wrong path and then like the raptors get loose and then this whole thing and it's actually kind of fun if that was the first one you had gone on where the theme was the ride is going horribly awry but um i forget where i was going with that but it was delightful yeah Yeah. i i i i think it's probably just the nature of of theme parks uh that they can't really get super experimental with the narrative flow of the stuff because i would love to see 
a theme park take that and then wipe it even more out of the way and be like, oh, no, but it was all a holographic simulation <laughs> and you've been trapped in a jar for the last <laughs> thousand years. And then like, family's like, no, no, that's all just a that's all just a psyops thing by the federal government. They're trying to brainwash you because they know that you're actually a spearhead of the anti-government communist revolution right. and go chop some feds apart <laughs> with machetes, except for you wake up as all just a dream and everything. But but no, you're actually the brain in the jar. That's they're just continuing to experiment you in the year thirty thirty seven. You know, I I would We're like to see to, that, but I don't see anybody spending the kind of money to do that in a theme park because I don't think that really is a marketable. We're like, gonna have to wait for the Metal Gear Solid two. Yes, theme ride. Let, let Hideo Kojima gets his own <laughs> theme park, and it's just a three hour exegesis on American military adventurism. Uh, <laughs> Wheels within wheels. We got to end this. I, I got to, yeah. I got to figure out how to shut up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's how we're going to do it. Jesse, shut up. Just shush. Just, 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 just,